the four o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. Four o'clock hours here. John Von Tobel is the company getting ready for some NBA action coming up. John's very nervous about the Aces. What's the line? Game's about to tip off. Four and a half. Okay. By the way, Aces basketball, all the home games, play-by-play radio, right here on ESPN Las Vegas. I think we're working on something for the road. And uh, our road viewing spot, we've got uh, multiple parties coming up in June and July. Maybe we'll have a May edition, but at Parkway Taverns. So you're home for Aces basketball when they're on the road is Parkway Tavern. I was shocked yesterday at how worked up Adam Hill was getting over NIL. Okay. Like that it is Armageddon. He's very upset about it. I thought he'd be very pro. No, he just like, thinks he thinks it's out of control and it was never designed for. Because we, we keep bringing up the case of the Pittsburgh wide receiver, Jordan Addison, right. who went into the portal. Um, I'm, I've been hammering Pat Narduzzi because I think he's whining. Uh, but the, the take is from some, including Adam, that it was never intended for this. And you're just going to have, you know, the great players just plucked from programs. And my side of it is yeah, it was going to be wild and woolly to use an old term. Uh, the first couple of years until they set up some guardrails and some rules. And frankly, these are the outliers. It's going to be the quarterbacks and then it's going to be a few high level players. And they'll get it fixed here in the next couple of years. But I don't have the answers. I mean, we tried, we started to, you know, going down the path of having, you know, trying to come up with some answers in terms of limits. And it's like, I don't, I don't know what to do. But it's not going to be a rash of, you know, just outright stealing from rosters. And if you're a college football coach, you got to prep for it. Right. It, it, it's, it's been happening in, in college basketball. You got to prep for it. Uh, and just because you bring a kid in doesn't mean that you have you know his lease on life for the next five years. You don't, right? And well, and what what I don't understand of like this whole like wringing the hands over like oh it's chaos. You know these guys you can pilfer guys, you can run, they can leave for everything. It's, it's exactly what coaches do. Like every single offseason, there's a coaching mm-hmm. carousel. Mm-hmm. Guys can leave for better deals. It's that's that's anarchy, but we're we're used to it, right? We, want, we watch guys. the NCAA tournament every year, and you can come up with a list of four. Uh, whatever, if they're lower power fives or mid-majors that make a run or low majors, right? whatever that is, whatever, uh, non-majors, you know, uh, that make a run and you know those four coaches are going to go somewhere else. Like, should we be completely pissed off that Shaheen Holloway at St. Peter's graduated to Seton Hall where he went to school? That's exactly what I was going to go to. Yeah, exactly. And you saw it coming from What about the kids? Right. I mean, literally, we have coaches who are like, what about us? You'll be okay. It's your, this is part of your job. The job changes. All of our jobs, that's, God, football coaches drive, and basketball coaches, veteran guys drive me nuts. Nothing is status quo. Life doesn't stay the same. Circumstances change. You think we're dealing with the same thing in radio that we were dealing with 25 years ago? No, it changed. And guess what? Those who piss and moan fall by the wayside. I'm not talking gambling. I'm not going to use Twitter. Social media, it's stupid. Well, then don't do it. And guess what? You're going to get left behind. Right. We all have to freaking morph and adjust in life. Football coaches are like, why Why can't? Back in my day, it ain't your day anymore. 
And it kind of, well, it is still your day because you're making eight, ten, twelve million dollars. You're top of the heap state employee. Guess what? Show the ability to freaking change a little bit. Hmm? And also, ain't that hard? It also doesn't necessarily always translate to success. No. It, no, no it, that, that's he, my point. Like with Jordan Addison, listen, he's the wide receiver from Pittsburgh. You don't want to be here. There's going to be someone else who's into this culture and wants to be here. It's, as soon as someone, again, to apply it to the real world, as, so, as soon as someone doesn't want to be, like really doesn't want to be in their workplace, then it's time for them to probably go. And, and if you if you coax them into staying around, they're, they're going to be thinking about where they were considering. All right. Leave. No one is irreplaceable. No one. Maybe a couple of quarterbacks in college football. You don't have a backup who can go in immediately. But I don't want to keep going on on Pitt because I've done it like five days in a row. Just the whole thing freaking annoys me. Yeah, I'm surprised. I thought Adam would be in on the cast like I am. I'm down with it. Oh, no. I, I enjoy it. I enjoyed seeing huh? the kid from Miami say, I want a better deal on leaving. And then change it. And then, by the way, ultimately huh? changing his mind and saying. Isaiah Wong. Yeah. I mean, that again, that is a real-life situation. The kid, the kid sees... Miami land a premium player from Kansas State. Miami's very big on the NIL thing and the collective. I think they were stupid to announce, hey, he's getting four hundred thousand dollars a year. What do you think that does? That if if salaries here at Lotus Broadcasting were all public, right, and mm-hmm. someone new, you know, jumps over you and is making a whole lot more money, you think that's going to be good for the building? You don't think the people who got jumped are going to complain? That's not just a kid thing. But but it is what I mean when you tell a twenty year old, hey, you were the star, but we need more help. And guess what? They're getting money. They're getting a juicy nil deal. Of course, the kid is going to react. Mm-hmm. And then in the end, it turns out to be a learning experience. That pit receiver could land somewhere and realize, man, this guy ain't Kenny Pickett. Maybe the quarterbacks I was going to play with at Pitt would have worked out better. This coach doesn't treat me or use me the same way. They're all life lessons, right? The kid at Miami. I'm sure the two days. You know, that he was in the news, like, I'm leaving because I, I want more money. I'm sure he talked to a lot of people and are like, dude, grow up. Don't go public with this. Let's look at the positives and also give it some time. Mm-hmm. All right. All, all you, if, you, if you'd handle this the right way and just address, maybe he did, right? I don't know. I don't know all the details. And that was like the final moment he flipped out. My guess is he didn't. But go and talk to the powers that be who are controlling NIL, express your concerns. And you'll probably get it worked out, but it, it but it happens to everyone. It also, I don't think it's really been that chaotic. To be it quite honest, no. Like there's been a couple of big names here and there. You know, we 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 know about um, uh, why is the name escaping me? Quarterback at Alabama, Bryce Young, right? In terms of him, when Nick Saban came out, right when this all was fresh, he was like, right. "Hey, he's making a million dollars." Little things like that. But I don't think this has been like anarchy. To well, say the, the, the Lincoln Riley thing has has other coaches worked up. One USC outspent Oklahoma and stole him away. That mm-hmm. doesn't really happen. And then he he took his quarterback with him. And then he took they were his recruits. Right. Any anyone at a school who's like, that's our recruit. No, it's the coach's recruit. They're going there Look what mostly Bell for the coach. Right? For, going from Nevada to Colorado State. I mean, it's just it's Come a, on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's a less publicized version. Right. Right? He leaves his school and then takes like eight guys from Reno. And Reno's roster, it, it ain't good. Oh, it's bare bones. There's nothing. I mean, it is not good. It just happened here. Right. Yeah, but again, like we see this all the time. Like we were talking with Brad Powers last week, right? Texas is generally always at the top of the list in terms of, you know, recruiting classes. Always near the top. But Texas has been a very, very, very much underwhelming and underperforming school and program. And we just saw in the NFL draft, 
They didn't get anybody drafted. Just because you get all the pretty and nice pieces doesn't always necessarily mean it's going to work for you in terms of success, wins, competition, all of those things. You got to actually make it work, too. You can give me all the ingredients. You can give me Wagyu beef, Steve. Doesn't mean I'm making something delicious. You know, I've been doing this for 25 plus years, man. And I do okay. But there's a limit. Tom Brady is going to go to Fox. How much money? Like me reacting like that would be childish, right? But he's going to make a lot of money. Tom Brady is going to TV whenever his career ends. And there are various reports because I think he's got escalators in there. But there are various reports that it's a 10-year deal that could be worth 250 up to like $400 million. We'll get TV star Miles Simmons, who's on Peacock. When does he get his money? He'll react. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. I think it's pointing in that direction uh, at this point. I don't know what he's waiting for. We just The only information I can share with you at this point is the Ravens have discussed money with him. He is focused on football. That That is the answer he's been giving. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. Diana Rossini talking about one of the big uh, offseason stories. Lamar Jackson, his contract. Saw Deshaun Watson get over $250 million in guaranteed money. Lamar Jackson, I'm sure, should be asking for north of $200 million. Question will uh, we'll get answered at some point in this offseason. Just be patient, everyone. John Von Tobel, Cofield. Let's bring in our football insider on Tuesdays. The one, the only, Miles Simmons is with us. What's up, buddy? Oh, man, you got the memo this time, Steve. I like it. it. I like it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Well, I'm juiced up for this. Um, You know, it's interesting. I was just reading a tweet. uh, I'll I'll tie this together. um, Complaining that some are mad about Nicole Jokic winning the MVP. Oh, basketball. Right? Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. Then the person is saying, hey, you know, why can't the media appreciate this guy? Uh, some care more about fake debate list and clickbait. And the person says the new cut the line media in 2022. I will request names because there's no names on this tweet. But I, I got to feel like there's going to be some NFL people who are going to look at Tom Brady and go, that guy's cutting the line. And not only Miles is he cutting the line, but for two, $250 to $375 million deal, is this true? The enormity of this thing? I mean, I, I think you put it in a good way. The enormity of the thing, right? I mean, this is more money per year if what Marshawn, um, Andrew Marshawn of the New York Post reported is true. $375 million over 10 years. Uh, that deal with Fox is true. And Marshawn has been right on so many things in sports media over the last few years. There's no reason to believe that it isn't. That's more money per year than Tom Brady has made basically in any point in his career. It's more money than he's going to make this year to play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's kind of crazy. So, yeah, it more than doubles the average annual salary of that of, uh, um, gosh, Troy Aikman just signed with ESPN. We know what a big deal that was. And then also Tony Romo. It's kind of insane for these guys to get like that amount of money in the first place, because really, are we tuning in to hear Troy Aikman? Are we tuning in to hear Tony Romo? Not really. You're going to watch the game anyway. The the, the NFL is the only thing that can drive 40 to 50 million viewers 
for a game. And that's what happened over conference championship weekend, let alone a hundred million like we do for the Super Bowl. So I don't think anybody's really going to be tuning in to hear Tom Brady pass like week three of what it is that he's doing um, whenever he happens to go on Fox, which hell, we, that may not be until 2030 at this rate with the way he you know puts off retirement. So, but I, yeah, it's just, it's a wild, wild thing. And we really don't know whether or not Brady's going to be good at this or not. You know, we, we really have no idea. He's a charismatic guy. But it's not like he's been somebody who's been extremely insightful on the game or on his career, you know, over the last 20 plus years. This is not what he's done. Yeah, Miles, I would agree, especially, you know, as somebody who watches NFL Sundays every single Sunday in a sports book where a vast majority of the games are muted and I can't even hear the sound. <laughs> like it's a yeah. really it's a lot of money. But also I think this is this isn't about his analysis, right? This is just more about having a face. This is about having oh, totally. Tom Brady as your lead analyst and having him slide in when there's a Super Bowl Sunday on Fox. We get Tom now whenever he's done playing. Well, yeah, exactly. And I mean, a part of it, too, is just the reputation of Fox having the best lead analyst, right? I mean, mm -hmm. for years and years, it was John Madden. Then it was Troy Aikman, who was coming off being on the team of the 90s, right? You know, he won so many Super Bowls with the Dallas Cowboys. And so you get him and you get that name. And he is that name. And Troy Aikman, I think, does not get enough credit for how good he is. I think Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are a very good announcing team. And maybe people disagree with me. That's fine. But now, you know, you come off of the Troy Aikman era where you know, people my age or younger probably don't necessarily have an exact sense for who Troy Aikman was on the field. You're going to have that sense with Tom Brady. It's just the way it is. I mean, it's the same way that like Chris Collinsworth, you know, people know him, you know, as the Collinsworth slide. Hey, here's a guy, right? They don't know necessarily that Collinsworth was a damn good wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals. So it's just interesting how, you know, the different networks have a different approach to it, I guess. What makes you good and worth the money as a football analyst? What do you think? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I think... Well, you know, you use the NBA stuff, right? And this is sort of answering your question with a, a different topic. But I, I like the way that you see the inside the in, uh, excuse me, inside the NBA guys on mm -hmm. TNT, right? Like they have such a flow, you know, and they don't take everything too seriously, and they make fun of themselves, and they just have an ease with which they work together. Right. I think the team can sometimes make it better than the analysts, right? I mean, you, you think about at least I do, John John Madden and Al Michaels, those two guys were great together. I mean, and I know that Summerall and Madden were, you know, the team, the team, but like, I'm frankly a little bit too young to remember that. So, you know, I, I think it guys too, like John Gruden and Mike Tirico, those two were great in the booth together. And they were at that time, one of the top booths. And, you know, I know that John Gruden is not necessarily the friendliest topic to talk about right now, but I guess that's sort of what we're talking about, right? He was really good at that job. He was. And he and Mike Trico had such a great ease and a great partnership. And so I guess it's knowing your subject, not taking it too seriously. And I don't know, I guess just making it seem like you're in a bar with your friends to be cliche about it. What a way to close that. Because that's exactly where I was going. No, the, the the answer to the question, and you answered it by naming the people you like, is who is relatable. And now the next step is when TV people make their hires, who are they trying to relate to? And that's why it drives me nuts when we have this conversation among sports radio people, and then P ones we'll call them our you know our top radio listeners or people who are on Twitter. I don't think that's who TV people are looking for. 
right? And the the, the oh. Bark the Barkley led crew on the NBA, they're relatable because that's what guys and women do when they talk sports. It's loose, they talk trash, they laugh. That's why John Madden was relatable. John Madden just seemed like a big galoot, and he made noises, and he could speak to the average fan. Um, and but that, Madden also knew a hell of a lot about the game. No, right? no, you, 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 no, you do, you, you do have game. to, you do have yeah, to. And, and, I, and I think the other, the other part of it is enthusiasm helps. Like Madden, you could tell, yeah. loved football. Gruden, yes. whatever you want to say about him, uh, you know, could be a, a racist, sexist creep. Which, by the way, that's relatable to a lot of people. Um, but, but his his passion for the game, that's relatable. And I have very little doubt that Brady will have trouble being relatable. What? No, I I, I, I think when Tom Brady opens up. I think Tom Brady has a circle of friends. It might be a small circle. I think Tom Brady is can be a beer chugging, average, you know, let's talk womanizing, but don't tell my wife that you know that kind of guy. And I think he'll be able to come across that way. It's not going to be instant, but I think he'll be able to come across that way. But I think that you can't say that Tom Brady doesn't have an enthusiasm and a passion for the game. I mean, you know, no. I saw no, he, uh, he loves it. He loves it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. this dude's going to be forty-five. And I saw my guy David Hellman, who works for the Dallas Cowboys uh, media department today. He tweeted this. He's like, he's gonna, go, he's literally going out, and he's tr- gonna let guys like Aaron Donald and T.J. Watt and Micah Parsons and all those dudes literally try to rip his head off huh. again. And this dude has seven championships. He has nothing left to prove, and he's gonna do that instead of going to Fox and making thirty-seven million a year. I mean that yep. that says that says something about him and his passion for the game. Oh, Tom Brady is is uh, Brady, you know, a la Belichick then he has no chance. But if Tom Brady is TB12, the way he behaves on sidelines during games, breaking clipboards and screaming the F-bomb, people will freaking love that. I think it's going to be a blend. But here's the other thing. In your story, I thought this was fascinating. I don't think you actually wrote the story. I'm on Pro Football Talk. It was by Florio. But I thought this line was great. We're talking to Miles Simmons from PFT. Tom Brady is going to be an announcer for Fox on the number one team. He's going to get somewhere between 250 and like $400 million for 10 years. Um, there was a quote from one of the Fox executives, um, yeah, who said, uh, Tom will not only call our biggest NFL games, but will also serve as an ambassador for us, particularly with respect to client and promotional initiatives, which the first thing I thought of, Miles, was, hey, you know, Tom Brady could make us a lot of money if he gets involved with our Fox bet and our gambling angles. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. I, I am sure that that is part of it. You know, you got Tom Brady already hawking, you know, cryptocurrencies and things ah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, I mean, you know, and how far have we come where, you know, a few years ago, Tony Romo couldn't even do a fantasy football event in Las Vegas. And now there's a team in Las Vegas. The Super Bowl is going to be in Las Vegas. The draft was just held in Las Vegas. And the greatest quarterback of all time is probably going to be used for sports betting stuff once with Fox. Yeah, it's it's that there's it's a very very interesting time. <laughs> but what ha- I mean this is also kind of a different uh, approach post playing career for Brady than maybe front office exec and being involved with the team because you're right there was those rumors too like why the divergence off of that path. Yeah, you know, I, that's something that I'm interested in exploring too. And, you know, I, I think it's an angle that we probably should talk a little bit more about and just in the general lexicon and also because we don't really have much else to talk about in football in the middle of May. But, like, if Tom Brady was going to go to the Dolphins and become a co-owner and, you know, invest in that thing with Stephen Ross and then, you know, be like, oh, hey, guys, just kidding. I'm coming down and I'm going to replace Tua Tungvaloa as the quarterback. Everybody be happy. And, like, 
that's this is a whole different path from that and I don't know what it is that the Fox executives, they either went to him and they, they convinced him of this. And I, I don't know when or where it happened, but there must have been some sort of shift in Tom Brady's thinking where it's like, yeah, I can go do that and I'll make a bunch of money. And maybe it's just a simple fact that he's going to make upwards of $375 million over 10 years. And, you know, because 10 years after that, let's call it, he'll be, you know, 56, 57, whatever. And there's still going to be time for him to own a team and run a team if that's something that he wants to do. Um, but yeah, I, I think it is very interesting and it's a much different path than going into the front office immediately after you finishing his playing career. Like it seemed like was his plan this year. Will Richard Sherman be a home run as an announcer? There are now rumors that Amazon is looking at Richard Sherman. Oh, that's an interesting question too. I don't know. I mean, I think Richard Sherman is can be interesting you know that that post-game interview he had after the 13 uh, nfc championship game with aaron andrews is something i still quote with my friends or you know who was talking about you crabtree like okay like, come after the best that's what you're gonna get you know lob and all that i i don't know I think there's a lot of interesting things going on with these announcers. You know, the, who's going to be Joe Montana? There's somebody's going to be yep. Joe Montana yep. when you start Disaster. throwing this money around. Oh, was Montana so, bad? Uh, he was. He was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. He just doesn't. He doesn't have a an out outgoing personality. I, I don't know that he's a sweetheart anyway. So I think that's been kind of covered up over the years. What? Yeah. Good old yeah. Joe. Well, we know about Joe. We know about Joe Montana and, and the Steve Young thing that didn't go mm-hmm. too well in the uh, the transition. Sure. So uh, it's also scheduled release week uh, today. We found Number out about eight. one of. Will you stop that, please. You work for Pro Football Talk. You're supposed to be enthusiastic about everything. Um, Christmas Day, <laughs> we've got three games. I love this matchup: Broncos at the Rams. Uh, I think that'll be what? That'll be the middle game. Yeah. What do you think of that game? And are you mad that there's three games on Christmas? A lot of people are mad that there's three games on Christmas. Well, the, the NFL's kind of trying to take over the NBA's you know space with that. I'm not necessarily mad. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I love it. It's going to be an interesting quite dilemma for me. Like, do I want to stay here and cover that game, or do I want to go home for Christmas? That's it's something that I'm going to have to think about. <laughs> I probably am going to want to go home for Christmas if I, you know, want to continue to go home. And my family won't be mad at me. So there's that element of it. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, the Broncos, Russell Wilson gets traded out of the AFC, excuse me, out of the NFC West, and then of course, Merry Christmas. You got to go face one of your biggest nemesis that you've ever had in your career in Aaron Donald like that kind of stinks for him especially we don't know we don't really know a lot about what the Broncos are going to be I know a lot of people are thinking oh my god they're going to be so good they have Russell Wilson and this and that but like you look at Russell Wilson over the back half of 2020 and all of 2021 and I know he was dealing with the finger injury but like it's not the most impressive string of games in Russell Wilson's career so I think that there still is some question as to what or what they're going to be Right? I mean, the Chargers are, should be really good. The Chiefs, I think, are going to be good until further notice. The Raiders, I think, have a chance to be better than they were last year. The Broncos are the biggest question mark to me, but they're not being treated as such. I think that's kind of weird. So I like the matchup. We'll see what the other two games on Christmas Day are. But yeah, that one should be good in theory. The key is... You need a bad Christmas team, right? Like, so on Thanksgiving, we get the Lions every year. Yes. Bad team early, so we can just put the game on as noise and we don't have to focus on it. So then you can get maybe to the better matchups later. But we need a bad team at the top. We need like a Jacksonville Jaguars every Christmas morning. I think that would be the way to do it. 
I'd be the Bears, you know? Yeah, bears yeah, on yeah. Christmas morning. Yeah, then, 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 then that sound good. Snow Just game, bears. potentially, you know? Yeah, Bears-Vikings on Christmas Day. There you go. See? I think that's good. Let's close out with Miles from uh, Pro Football Talk with a uh, – I'll actually talk basketball here since I used B-ball as a, an intro. Never got to it. Oh, fun. Winning time closed out on Sunday. Um, I watched the final episode for a second time, so I gave it a better grade than the first time. Uh, the series in general, I thought – was awesome. The inaccuracies and embellishments and kind of blowing up certain angles didn't bother me. Where are you on winning time? And how many more seasons of it do we need? Don't we need to go through the eighties with like four seasons of winning time and then get to the Kobe Shaq time after that? I think that they definitely should do that. I mean, I, th- I think I said that the other night, I mean, there's almost an infinite amount of seasons that you could go with winning time. You know, I mean, we could go up to today. Yep. And I saw something from oh, yeah. Bill Plaschke of the LA Times uh-huh. where he was interviewing Jeannie Buss. And she's like, man, you know, I'm really disappointed in what's going on right now. We could have something based off of that article where Jeannie Buss is like tearing things up, you know, inside and threatening Rob Palenka and saying, I don't know if I should have given LeBron James this much power. I think there is an infinite amount of things we could do with winning time and i i hope hbo does it the the whole like oh my gosh it's not that accurate they they're they're embellishing these characters jerry west looks so mean like i don't know it doesn't bother me that much either it's historical fiction you know it's like that you remember that oj show that was a few years ago the people mm-hmm. versus oj simpson i yep. think it was like that that was kind of the same deal right like i don't know it's historical fiction it's a television show you want to really know what happened go read the book you know, make a documentary. I I hear good things about the Magic Johnson thing on uh, Apple TV Plus, but I haven't seen it. So, but yeah, I think we do have to get at least through the '80s because one of the first scenes of that show was um, uh, Magic Johnson about to have the press conference where he told everybody that that he had contracted HIV. Yeah. So there's yeah there, there's a lot left on the bone I think from winning time. I just know as a Celtics hater as a kid that I. Completely enjoyed, and I know LA fans did. Completely enjoyed the uh, the angles they took on the Celtics with both uh, Bird and Auerbach. Yes, I I concur. Oh, God, but as somebody who lives out here, yes, oh. and I don't like Boston either. <laughs> who does? Yeah. Who right. does? You're on an yeah. island. Yeah. Bean Town, and I know <laughs> they hate being called Bean Town too. So screw oh, off. Screw off. You know, get HBO to make a, a whole series about the Celtics of the '80s. See how that goes. Exactly. One region of the country to watch it. The rest of us will spit on Sunday nights. Yeah, it's the Stop. same way we didn't watch Man in the Arena. Did you watch any of that? No, I didn't. Well, no, what, no. What, what is that? What is that? <laughs> oh, is that Brady? Yeah. Well, now I'm going to watch it. Apparently, I'm now, I've am now i suddenly become a Tom Brady lover since uh, he left Belichick. If you oh. listen to the show the last couple of years. He's the, bane of, he's the bane of my existence for 20 years, and then as soon as he left the uh, – I actually, I cried the day that he announced that he was leaving. I really did. Wow. I was like, he's out of the division. I, I This is so great. and Because now I know the Patriots are probably never going to win under Belichick again, at least the Super Bowl. Maybe not a Super Bowl. I mean, they got to get rid. They got to pass the Bills at least right now. And I don't see them doing that. Get a quarterback too. Mac Jones is not going to work out. All right. Whoa. See what we could do. We could do Who? this all day long. We could do this all day long, Miles. See, you get me talking about this stuff. I am enthusiastic exactly. about it. You, you need know, more enthusiastic nice. enthusiastic people in your life. That's all. Yeah, I guess that's all it is. Uh, you know, stop yeah. talking, to Adam Hill. All right, Miles. We appreciate <laughs> it. We'll check in with you next Tuesday. Thank you so much. Nice drive by on the way out there. Yeah, of course. See ya. Got to. Miles Simmons. Well, I, I don't know. There was a drive by last week. With a text thing I got from, what was it? Was it Adam to you on the whole uh, corned beef thing that I flipped out on? I won't reveal my source. Sons of bitches. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. 
In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today. You're live with the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company. I'm going to live till I Yeah, I just see random things when people are talking food on social media that pique my interest. And uh, since you have kids, I thought this one was pretty interesting. Rando text. Fat Pack. Uh, My daughter asked me to put leftover spaghetti in crispy taco shells. The person then joked, I said, no, parenting is about setting limits and teaching right and wrong. So that's a funny line. But the the leftover spaghetti in a crispy taco shell. No. I would do it. Uh, I would prefer it to be a more substantial pasta. But I would do taco shells with pasta in it. No, you wouldn't. I would. No, it's sauce and cheese. What's the difference? Well, I mean, it's like folding in a piece of freaking bread. Get some Italian bread, fold some pasta in it, munch, munch. No, but like, but taco shells are they're crunchy. It's like a completely different texture. It's a completely different flavor. You're dealing with corn as opposed to flour. I mean, would you put like, pasta on like a bruschetta? Yeah, that of could be a little bit crunchy. That's crunchy, but that's also again, you're dealing with more of a flour-based product as opposed to a corn-based product, right? Corn what if I use yes. flour tortillas? I mean, you can kind of get there, but then you're talking about like different flavor. I don't know. I, I'm out on that. What if I now instead about, of what are the what are the like they're very popular they've they've I think they've blown up because of TikTok the birria tacos right mm-hmm. what birria, if you're, you're talking about the birria 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 birria, birria, birria. okay birria? Uh, if because that's like a that's kind of like a meat like a meat sauce kind of yeah. base that you're putting the taco shells in what's the difference what it, what if you what if you fry the taco shells in some some marinara some no. red sauce some gravy <laughs> I think what no. no. I think what you're supposed to do is you take the leftover spaghetti, and I've seen it be uh, put in a waffle iron. That I have seen that yeah, too. That's like interesting. That's, that's the way I think you're supposed Ooh. to do it. Ooh, ooh! I had some leftover pasta today from my uh, paying off the bet dinner with Willie. Hmm. I should have waffled it. Damn it! What kind of noodles are we talking? Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was. It was uh, more substantial. So it was rigatoni. Was, 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 penne. It, was it a rigatoni? No, it was penne. I'm sorry, rigatoni. No, it, was, it was penne. I'm so now you're you're nixing the uh, pasta and taco sauce. Nah, I'm out. That sounds gross. That's pretty definitive. All right, I guess I'm out. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co. I personally think he's going to have more opportunities to win it moving forward. <laughs> so much is put awards but in no way shape or form does that in my mind define what kind of player the guy is you know he's already had a hall of fame type career and i still think he's scratching the surface of what he can be you know Jokic deserved it i mean he had an unbelievable year but still though to me when you think about the best five players in the world joel and beat is definitely one of them Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Sammy P. Sammy P. Kansas coach Bill Self on Joel Embiid. Not winning the MVP. He is going to win MVPs down the road as long as he stays healthy. John, are we still all mad about Jokic winning the MVP over Embiid? I mean, I'm not. Right. But I also wouldn't be mad if Jokic or if, if Evan Bede had won it over Jokic. I just I just don't understand why there there can't be the nuance of deserved it. And whoever won it was a deserving winner. We don't need to go to the extreme of analytics. Yep, he sucks, nerd, vorp. You guys 
You guys are ruining the game of basketball. Sam Pinyanovich is with us, our gambling expert from Nesson Fox Sports. Sam, do you know anyone who had a like a decent ticket? Was there ever a decent ticket this year on Embiid or Jokic for MVP? Well, you can make the case that any position on either player at four, five, six, seven, and one was that's a good, good position. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you can make you can make good bets and still lose. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, that's all I do. But you know. I'm, the voters get, get wrapped into these advanced metrics. And look, if, if you're complaining about having a ticket on Joel Embiid because, oh, the nerds voted for Jokic, well, that's, look, that's part of the equation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's clear that, you know, all these advanced metrics and advanced analytics, voters are using them and writing with them. And, and all this stuff, you know, it's not even like plus minus, it's the wins above replacement and the net rating and, Yep. That stuff carries more weight than the eyeball test now. And and if you don't know that, then you're selling yourself short when you make that bet. Also, it helps being the first player in NBA history to score 2,000 points, have 1,000 rebounds, and 500 assists in a single season. Right, right. And he like, had what? And he had what? Forty double doubles or something like right, that. Right. So, like that's saying, like part of my pushback on all of this, like you're talking, like people bring up like the eye test, like well, if. You're telling on yourself if you're saying that the eye test doesn't tell you that Jokic is one of the best players in the NBA. And also, there's just traditional metrics to tell you the guy was freaking awesome this year. Yeah, I mean, he's a triple-double threat every single night. And look, I'm not, I'm just, I'm sort of making fun of the people that blame the advanced analytics. I I totally understand. And as a fellow Serbian, I was pulling for Nikola Jokic. But um, I think, JBT, and you know more about the NBA than I do and more about most people that I've ever talked to. If, if, you take, if you take Jokic off the Denver Nuggets, I, I think that's a 25-win basketball team. There are numbers that say that. They had a worse net rating when he was off the floor than the Houston Rockets this year. They, 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 he dragged the Rockets to the postseason this year. It's essentially Dragging what he did. The nuggets, yep. yep. Uh, Sam, let's get into what's going on in this uh, Bucks and Celtics. you want to jump in? Really quick, first? Yeah, you, you asked a question. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to add to it. Yeah. Um, Jokic, or excuse me, Embiid, the best number on him at one point this season was about 40-1. to 1. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, he well, was someone... in a downturn of a season. It was there was actually. Hey, this is weird. It's not a pat on my back, but I wrote an article about him saying, "Hey, you might want to look at him for MVP." He's on this stretch of like thirty and ten games, and he dropped like fifty on the Orlando Magic in like thirty five and a half. And from that day on, that's when his oh wow his uh, his case really. Should've, I should have read that. Yeah. Uh, Sam Bucks and Celtics series. What do we got on this one? Well, we're right back where we started, at least in Las Vegas, with the series price. I was talking with Sherman over at the Superbook, and I'll never forget. He was like, yeah, I'm going to make Boston minus 200, and if Middleton's going to be out, I'm going to raise it even higher. And I thought, wow, that's pretty bullish on the Boston Celtics. And, and here we are after four games. This, this series has risen and fallen, and Milwaukee you know, was the favorite, and then Boston's the favorite again. We're back to Boston minus 200, and uh, I think that's pretty telling that uh, the books still respect the Celtics. They're obviously healthier. They have a deeper club. The absence of Middleton is clearly playing a part in this series, and you know, from, from what I watched, and I didn't dive into the stat sheet, I, I watched Giannis in about the 39-40 minute mark just completely run out of gas, and, and he's been playing A-plus basketball through four games, but can he do that at a high level for two, potentially three more games, carrying a supporting cast and scoring 35 points and grabbing 20 boards a game and playing 41 minutes? I, I have my doubts. This is when stuff like that creeps in. After four games, you still don't have Middleton. Doesn't look like he's coming back. 
Um, last game went over the total. It was the first time in the series it went over. I lean under in game five, but I have concerns. Like, you know, there are a lot of people that are rushing to bet the Bucks in the series at a perceived good price. I have issues about that guy being able to finish strong in the series. I do. Also, it doesn't help that Al Horford apparently sold his soul to Satan to recapture his youth. Uh, that is something you have to factor in. Uh, all right, what about winning the NBA title? In terms of odds, I always say, Sam, like I think it's a little late to the party at this point of an NBA postseason or any postseason about futures, but uh, where are they at right now? Well, I mean, it's it's clear Golden State's going to be your, your obvious favorite in most sports books, and I, I think you're right. I mean, you can't sit here and go, who do you like to win the title? Because most people are going to go, uh... Golden State or Phoenix, you know, like that's pr- pretty much it. And that, granted, that's baked into the price and probably double and triple baked. But I, I think I think this is a, a good teaching point. You know, you probably want to make a position or two before the postseason. Steve and I talked about this, and I said, well, look, if you gave me a hundred dollars before the postseason started, I would put a hundred dollars on both of these teams. One of them was Milwaukee, and that's before Middleton goes down because they're the champs. You got to beat the champs to be the champs, essentially, or get to the finals. I have them at 550 and Golden State at like nine to one. You know, like those are the two positions I have. I, I'm not going to re-diversify or, or bet on Phoenix or bet on Dallas. Like I, I'm content with my positions. Um, let me answer your question with a question. I mean, like who would you guys bet right now? Like if you're jumping into the pool for the first time, like I know the numbers are all bad considering where they were and where they are, but who's the bet to make? Like I, I don't even know right now given the numbers. I think if you twist my arm, it'd be Dallas. I think like the series price right now is a little off. Like you shouldn't be laying two fifty on the Suns to win that series against the Mavericks. And uh, theoretically, if you follow that thread, the number from the Western Conference might be a little high. But I've already got something on them, so I wouldn't really, really be messing around. What? Yeah, yeah. And you're saying you're saying the Mavs, but like you're you know, and, and JVT's not saying he likes the Mavs to win the NBA title. He's answering the question a different way. He's answering. What's the best return on your investment? And I, I guess given the number, that's probably the last crusade to get a decent number on a team that could win the title, but you don't like them to win the title. Correct. Yeah. Sammy P is with us. Nesson. All right, you are on Twitter all the time uh, with the message, buyer beware, with a lot of the new handicappers and even old handicappers. And I, I know you were getting in on a guy who was putting up some plan to bet overtimes, uh, in the NHL, what what exactly is he trying to roll out, and what was the success to this point? Yeah, we don't need to name names; is not necessary. I think it's just you know pay attention to what's going on, and I, I think the message from this person is the problem. I don't care if somebody goes two for twenty six; like that's a very small sample size. But but when you're making dumb bets and justifying them with stupid logic, that's when I have a problem. It's it's not personal. You're just trying to reinvent the wheel when the wheel has been spinning for decades. <laughs> this guy this guy made an argument that the sports books aren't weighing enough into the equation that playoff hockey tends to be tighter and games are more, more likely to go to overtime. And I, I I'm like that's I, I don't like this the Stanley Cup playoffs have been around for decades. Like we have data going back years and years and years of how frequently Playoff games go to overtime. So for somebody to say the books are doing it wrong and the books are mispricing overtime, no, they're not, idiot. It's clear. And, and the first the first 14 playoff games, only one went to overtime. Oof. The first, like, 26 playoff games, two went to overtime. 
And this guy has been betting every game to go to overtime every single night oh, and boy. getting killed. And and it's like, well, yeah, like you tried to reinvent the wheel. And then it's like, well, why are you being so negative? I'm like, because you're lying to your audience of 20,000 followers. Like you're telling your people that the books aren't accounting for this when the books are completely accounting for this. It's baked into the price. The more foolish endeavor betting these NHL games to go to overtime of the postseason or betting every single Vegas Golden Knights game in the first goal score? <laughs> no comment. I'm looking at baseball futures right now. Sam Panagiotovich is with us. Hmm. Twins plus 150. The AL Central. What do you think? Well, I don't like it, but I, I number one, I'm a White Sox fan. Number yeah. two, I'm a White Sox stockholder this year in, in several ways. And I, I just I doubled down again at plus money the other day before they swept the Red Sox. They were like plus 115, plus 120. And I'm like, well, look, I know this number is going to move by Monday. And it did. The White Sox are now minus money in every single sports book pretty much across the country to win the Central. The White Sox have been playing without – 40% of their lineup for the entire season. I mean, they're, they're going to start getting guys back. They got Mokata back yesterday. They still haven't seen a single pitch thrown from Lance Lynn. They have some other injuries in that bullpen. They're not long-term injuries. They're, just, they're, they're, they're not off to a good start, but they're hobbled and they're not healthy. And the Twins, you give them credit. They've overachieved. But I'm betting against Minnesota overachieving for 162. And if both teams play to the middle, play to what they're – you know, true expected value is the White Sox are winning this division, barring the team jet going down. Like, at plus 100 or minus 110, when pre-flop they're minus 250, 270, 290, this is the time to buy White Sox stock. I mean, like, it's, it's very clear to me they're winning this division. Minnesota's win total was 80 and a half. Um, the math says the White Sox are a tremendous bet right now. I'm not saying they're going to win it all or win the pennant, they're going to win the worst division in baseball because they're the most talented team with the most potential, period. End of story. NFL future. I'm off of that. Sam, talk me off of that one. NFL future. Coward. Eagles. Over-under. Win total is nine. I'm going to go under. No, I'm not. No, I'm going to go over. What? That's how quickly I flip. I'm going to go over, and uh, maybe I should bet them for the division. NFC East plus 250. I was talking to a sportsbook director today. He said their biggest Super Bowl liability since the draft is the Philadelphia Eagles. How about oh, that? Oh, no. Since they, since they traded for A.J. Brown <laughs> and since they drafted the two Jordans, you know, the defensive tackle Davis and being the linebacker, this sports book has written more bets on the Philadelphia Eagles to win it all than any other team. I think, I think the book is dealing them 25-1 to 1 right now. Which okay. I don't, I don't want to be on that side. I'm out. I, but but, but <laughs> kind of to, to your point, though, Steve, yeah. there's a difference between winning the Super Bowl and going over a win total, right. like with the White Sox thing. Winning the Central is not winning the World Series. I do like that Eagles offense a lot. I'm higher on Sirianni than most. Dallas, to me, I, I, I'd be happy if they won five games, and they have Mike McCarthy. I think it's a 50-50 division this year with Philly and Dallas. Philly can win 9-10 games, but I'm going to stop there. I'm not going, you know, conference and Super Bowl. I, I think you got a good bet, but, buddy, you want to get it now before everybody watches training camp and keeps betting the Eagles. It's going to only inflate that price. I need this advice. It's cathartic. I need it. Sam, we're up against it uh, next week for sure. I want you to uh, break down what you saw with the Raiders 
you know, all 17 games are out. The lines are all set by station. So that was pretty interesting. They fired that out there. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and find a new system. Every baseball game will score five runs in the fourth inning. I will report back what I find out. All right. Please, man, I need it. I'm having a tough time with baseball. I need a system. Put your money where your mouth is. I need I need a system. Come on. Yeah, that NHL system didn't I, seem like didn't seem right. Can I tell you really quickly? One of my favorite things I've ever seen. It was like a trend. It was like baseball favorites of minus one thirty who scored more than two runs in any single inning that won the day before are twenty one and zero the next day. Holy crap! <laughs> <laughs> like, what are we doing? A little complicated. All right, Big Five is on the way. If you were part of the Geek Squad and uh, someone's trying to rip off a bunch of phones, you're gonna take them down. You're gonna fight them. If you're a member of the Geek Squad, let's go.